together, build a step and lift me up, climbing higher than we'd ever go alone. We'll get farther when the good times turn to bad, only positive directions from now on. Hey everyone, I am Jared Allman. And I'm David Spinner. And we are two dads talking about personal growth, family, and organizational culture, all through the lens of moving in a positive direction. And this week, we are so excited to uh, bring in a good friend of ours, uh, a brilliant mind, uh, Anna Mazig. But before we do, uh, we have our weekly shout outs. Jared, who are you shouting out to this week? I have two um, really, really special shout outs. Uh, actually, three. Um, the first one I want to shout out is Pamela Joshua. Um, she is uh, someone that I met through Clubhouse, an amazing, amazing woman. She has a, an empathetic ear. I love her perspective on life. It's so refreshing. And I'm truly thankful to, have, to call her a friend and have her in my life. Um, and the next shout out I have is, is it's somebody that I also met recently on Clubhouse. And I think uh, David and our guests are going to think this is really cool. Um, his name is David Endrick, or excuse me, Dennis Endrick. <laughs> Get his name right. And he is from Sweden. And this dude is going to sail from Sweden to Ellis Island all in the name of diversity. And he's having 17 stops around the globe to promote diversity. And the first stop he's gonna go to is Denmark, where he's gonna be celebrating the, I don't know what you call people in Denmark. Is it Danes? Is that Denmark? Yeah, he's gonna be celebrating the, the Dane fishermen that actually assisted um, Jewish people leaving Nazi Germany during World War II. That's the first stop he's going to do, um, which is really, really cool. All this is going to be filmed. So I'm really, really excited to have met him and had some really cool conversations with him about his journey and what he's wanting to do in promoting diversity. Um, And the third shout out I have has to go to my youngest. This weekend is her first dance recital. So your boy's really excited for that. I get to go and hang out with a bunch of three-year-olds. And um, so I'm really, really proud of her for sticking to it. And, and, and um, yeah, David, what do you have uh, awesome. To do? Awesome. So good luck to your little munchkin on that uh, recital. Yeah, that's awesome. Always a, a big step. Looking forward to seeing those pictures. Uh, for me, shouting out to all the healthcare workers out there um, here locally in Montreal, but also around the globe. They've been working like crazy, um, long hours, overtimes, uh, where they're not even planned overtimes. It's unplanned. They're being told they have to stay, you know, throughout the pandemic, uh, whether it be pandemic related illnesses or not, they've just been swamped. So shout out to all of them working hard to keep our society healthy. I also want to shout out to uh, my co-chair at the department of the college where I teach, uh, Vanessa Robillard. Uh, What a great person. We work so well together. We get bounce off ideas. Um, 
she's always really just kind and great and helped me grow as a chairperson uh, in our department. So shout out to Vanessa. And my third shout out is a clubhouse friend. Uh, she's running the Limitless Leadership Club, Nicole North. Uh, she took a little break. So shout out to her for taking a little break and mm -hmm. taking some time for her to reset. But also shout out to her for uh, getting a bunch of people back together to get rolling in the new year with some great new rooms coming forward. And she's just always bringing it in every room she's in and, and really has a good sense of getting the community together. So those are my three shout outs. Amazing. We are I now ready. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, see where that goes down the road uh, with the Limitless uh, Leadership Club there. Anna, welcome to the Positive Directions podcast. The floor is yours. Why don't you tell your audience, our audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, and, uh, and then we'll get into some, uh, some good quality content here today. That sounds great. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna, and I own AM and Associates, a consulting firm that's based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, born and raised. We help educational institutions and businesses in supporting the physical and psychological safety of their internal communities to avoid worst case workplace scenarios. And we do this by focusing on three main areas, compliance, threat assessment, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. One of our, our standard questions we ask all our guests when they come on because we call this positive directions and to that meet to everybody that means something different. So for you, when you hear the term positive directions, what does that mean to you? I think that's a, such a great question to start with, um, especially because it can lay the framework for conversations moving forward. Right. And so when I was thinking about it, I thought of, well, what are the, the, various definitions that are associated, uh, positive as in beneficial, but also positive as in certainty, right? Thinking of directions as in options or directions as in paths, instructions. And so thinking about it as, you know, is it beneficial paths, beneficial instructions, certain paths or certain instructions? Uh, and I think that that definitely lays um, some foundation for our conversation today. Great answer. Love that. Uh, Jared, I, th I know you had a couple of questions that you wanted to get kicked off with Anna, so I'm going to let you kick that off. Yeah. And see I, where the I'm, conversation flows. Awesome. Thanks, David. Anna, I'm so excited that you're, you're hanging with us. I'm like geeking out over here. Um, <laughs> Great to so, be here. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, one of the things that you talked about um, is the, uh, one of the things I know that you're really passionate about is the policy perspective uh, and helping organizations align those. So one of the things that we see often is a top-down approach. Um, does this often foster a positive work environment or culture? Because we're seeing some companies take a more of a self-directed approach with teams and in the workplace. So I'm just curious like what your, what your take is there. Yeah, that's a great first question, Jared. Um, you know, policies are often developed from a, a top-down approach, and I don't know that that always supports this idea of um, really a team being invested in the outcomes of those policies, especially when the team is often going to be responsible for implementing those policies and procedures. And so uh, 
leaving it up to teams themselves, I think also poses its own challenges because if a team is already um, overworked or they have too much on their plate, then updating policies, getting new procedures put in place also poses its own challenges because they're, they're trying to do it in addition to the work that they're required to do on a day-to-day basis. So I, my own perspective is that there needs to be a mix of both. Uh, and depending on the organization or agency, that is something that does happen. Uh, I know that some of my work for the state was a meld of both and that the accountability piece had to come from both sides on, you know, when it was that policies and procedures were being edited, who was starting them, what stakeholders were involved in making edits uh, and, and giving a timeline for, you know, what the finished product would look like and when it was that it was going to be rolled out. Yeah, I, I love that, uh, the blended approach. One of the things that, that I hear a lot in my space and what I do is um, core values being tied back to policies. But the thing that I hear that really, and, and I know that you're aware of this because we've had numerous conversations about it, is the, is the term initiatives. So I'm really, really curious to hear kind of what your thoughts are on the term initiatives versus core values relating specifically to um, developing policies and then even, you know, um, holding teams accountable to those policies. Sure. So I, I really love diving into um, intentional language. And while initiatives are often connected to this idea of we're going to do something before everybody else, and that's why it's an initiative. We're taking it on independently. What often ends up happening is it's an initiative because it is done over a very short period of time. It's like a, mm-hmm. a project, right? And so the, the idea is, well, if we do this small project, it's going to foster this long-lasting change that doesn't necessarily take place, especially when the culture within an organization um, or agency doesn't foster that that same uh, ideal that's maybe put forward during the initiative. And so <laughs> my own feelings on initiatives are, are something similar to yours, that really those core values have to come forward, um, that it should be initiatives. The idea of an initiative shouldn't be, shouldn't be short term. It really should be what is this long lasting change that we're trying to cultivate in this space um, or within the, the company culture. And so I want to I want to build on that because you know and, I, and all three of us are on that same page around initiatives and, and building it into the core culture. When you're starting a new company, it's a lot easier to to really get that culture from day one, moving forward, and and really really build it from the ground up and build you know any policies that's around the culture that you want to harvest and so on and so forth. How, in your opinion, do you think that companies who are existing that have been around for a while that have an existing culture? But now they decide they want to shift or they feel they need to shift their culture to be you know, more inclusive and, and really shift with the times as we move forward. How does that happen? How does that mindset shift you know, go to the root of the culture of a company that exists already? Sure. I think the first part is really determining what of current culture does not suit what is, is ideal for future culture. 
right? So what is, what is within policies, practices, procedures? And sometimes practices are simply practices. Um, I know some you know, organizations refer to, oh, we, we've got best practices, but are they in fact best practices based on, again, what this ideal company culture is that you're trying to get to? So really diving in, determining what it is that fits moving forward and what doesn't, because you can't use the same things to, and expect a, a a different outcome, right? You, you can't utilize the same tools and expect that you're going to be able to build something substantially different. Um, so really unpacking that more, I think, is an, a necessary first step. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love that. So once that's unpacked and that's um, defined throughout the organization, how can organizations kind of flex that how uh, through through that definition to create a positive culture that not only retains their their top talent but also recruits talent in the crazy world that we're living in where so many organizations are experiencing the great resignation sure so one big piece and this is what it was what it was called in a conversation was this idea of um, uh, an internal internship where um, individuals can shift from one area within an organization to another. And depending on the organization or, or entity or agency that you work for, they're called different things. Like we have those here um, working for, having worked for the state of Minnesota, they have something similar. Um, but this idea that you can explore something that is potentially completely different from your current role. Um, And you may have interest, you may have a skill set that aligns with that. Um, But what that gets to is this creativity that is so necessary when you're trying to make major shifts within an organization, right? Again, if if you can't approach something the same way, then you have to foster the creativity to say, okay, well, what are new ways that we can solve some of the old problems that we were dealing with, because again, the, the, the tools and the outcome don't lead to the company culture that we're trying to foster. And so having that, for example, is one way to tangibly say, we welcome change. We support you all being a part of this change and being creative with your skill sets and giving you, you credit, right, for, for that as well. So really honoring employees, not saying, hey, well, we need you to do this additional work on top of the work that you're doing in, you know, on, on any given day. Um, and you may not be compensated for it in addition to your current work, but w- we still want to use um, all of, the, all of your, your information and insight that you have to offer. Excellent. Oh, wow. Mm. Love, love, love that response. Love everything about that because it's it's amazing how these policies uh sometimes they they just they they attack in a sense they 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 attack the culture of the company and people just feel like okay i gotta comply and and they're robotic in that sense so yeah well and when you're used to doing something a certain way for an organization your mindset may be well i have to do this when within the guidelines or the realm that i've been working in so you may not even feel the psychological safety to say well, I want to try something different in my current role. So having fresh eyes 
on what another team within the organization may view as the same old problem, you see in a new light because you're coming at it from a totally, not only a totally different part of the organization, but you're not bound by the confines of how it was done in the past. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I love, I love yeah. that, that, that diversity and thought and really speaking to inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I love that Anna. That was mic drop moment. I love that. Um, oh, I'm sorry, David. Yeah, no, because uh, it's just it's so many things, right? And exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the term psychological safety, again, we talk about that a lot. And, uh, you know, it makes me think of, of Google's research that they did uh, into what makes a good team, right? And the whole, what they came out with is like looking at team norms, looking at, you know, does everybody have this opportunity to, to, to speak be part of the culture of the company uh, and the idea around social sensitivity. And that's what they coined as, or that's what they, they determined was psychological safety. So it just made me think of, of that work that Google did uh, some time ago. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it's a, it's so important that there's a psychologically safe space for individuals to speak up and, um, and, and express their voice when, when they're, uh, dealing with policies when they're dealing with individuals and, and being have, have a little bit of uh, a say in, in what policies get made. Uh, Anna, what, what are most meaningful when it comes to policies that help maintain this positive organizational culture? Like what are there certain types of policies that you would say that are better than others? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. Uh, so one that I always think is is necessary is poly, you know making sure that you have clear policies around policies and process around reporting harassment, inappropriate behaviors, um, and making sure again that there is clear process. So, is there a complaint or grievance process? How is it that that works? How are um, decisions reached? Um, how is is information collected? And I say that first and foremost because if an organization is really trying to change the um, the company culture and there isn't psychological or physical safety for those who are a part of that community, you are not going to get the openness, the free-flowing creativity, um, the free thinking or um, free thought that, that you desire. And so really leaning into that first and foremost. And a lot of businesses will say, well, yeah, we've got that. Okay, but, but do people utilize it? And um, how do they feel after they've utilized it? Um, do you find that, you know, speaking to kind of that earlier question around um, retention and recruitment, you may recruit people, but are you retaining them? Uh, and, and how do they feel when they leave? And so thinking about that first and foremost, additional policies, I think, are just more guidelines, right, of, well, how is it that that you wish people to engage if they're on, you know, social media? Um, How how what kind of guidelines do you encourage around working outside of work hours? Um, Do you require that of your employees? If not, then then really make sure you communicate that to them and that you value they have time away from 
um, the office, away from their computer, um, away from their work, right? And, and making sure that's encouraged in policy as opposed to just saying, hey, you know, we support you taking some days off. And then they get a bunch of calls and a bunch of emails that they feel pressured to respond to. Yeah, and I think and I'll jump on that. I'm sorry, Jared, and then I'll let you jump in because it made me think how it's probably not in most companies explicitly stated as such, right? That, you know what? No, you don't need to. You may get an email, it may come in, but you don't need to answer it until the next working days. Or we encourage you to not touch your emails, touch your phone, touch your, you know, messaging system, whatever it is in that time. It's, it's, it's often not explicitly stated. Like they could be okay with it, but they never, it's not encouraged. And maybe that should be more uh, outwardly stated. Right. Which again, ties to this earlier idea of like, well, well, who is it that has the responsibility and accountability in that space too? Well, if, Mm -hmm. if you've got, um, middle management that has different expectations than your leadership uh, and, and those aren't in alignment, it's going to be starkly clear to those who are doing the work. And then again, speaks to, well, this is inconsistent company culture. I don't want to be confused at the job. Um, I, I don't want to be disciplined um, officially or unofficially for doing something I either am supposed to do or I'm not supposed to do. And so really thinking about, um, that that idea of safety and what it is that someone can do or how they can engage and feel safe within the workplace. Yeah, I I love I love how you frame that. And when when I hear um, when I hear what you're saying, I envision uh, organizational code of conduct, right? Like, what are the behaviors that are acceptable and how to um, report any inappropriate behaviors within the organization being in a code of conduct. How often do you think organizations should be going through a tune-up and evaluating that code of conduct and say, eh, you know what, this we need to be a little bit more clear on, or this really isn't applicable to our code any longer because it's become more um, a more integral component of our organizational culture? I'm thinking about it and I say, okay, well, does it depend on organization size, right? Because if there aren't a lot of people to, to do the work, then who does it fall on? Who does it rest on? Um, and, and my answer would be the same either way. Like it could easily be done once a year. You can get feedback from necessary stakeholders that happens over a period of time. Those suggestions are taken into consideration by who, whoever's responsibility it is to update those policies, and then those policies are updated, right? And I recognize that um, I, <laughs> early in my career, I really wanted change to pol- changes to policies to happen very quickly uh, because I thought of well, how many people uh, are being harmed either minimally or substantially by this old policy once we know that there's something that needs to change. And what I learned is the, the more individuals that you can involve in the process of the new policy, the longer lasting that new policy can stand. Uh, and so to, to keep it like that. So some people might say, well, then isn't a year a really short period of time? 
Well, yeah, but it doesn't harm anybody if you go you go the year, you know, you you update a policy this year, you review it again next year, and next year you say, hey, we did a great job. There isn't anything to update here. Um, and I think it again speaks to well, what is the company culture that you're trying to cultivate? Um, is it this creativity, um, this open, free thinking, uh, and encouragement on feedback? Right? If we know that part of psychological safety is this idea of being able to share ideas without fear um, or without some, some negative consequence, then let's ensure that we're doing that in practice as well. Yeah. Amazing. And, and it made me, it, it made me think of something really kind of like almost comical in my point of view. And, I, and, I'll, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. So where I teach, we have students who go out there, they do internships in different uh, social service agencies and, you know, they have to report back. They, they, they all send their supervisor an email uh, with a, a little report or some progress notes or just an update on the situation of a client. And so I have a student who was out there and sent their email with a little update, et cetera, et cetera. And then the supervisor sent an email sent, saying confirmed. And that's where the email chain ended. The report came back that the supervisor was really disappointed that the student then did not return another email as policy or maybe not policy, but just some sort of strange protocol saying, okay, as in, okay, I understand that you confirmed it. Now, how would something like that, when you kind of, I won't say like, I get lightly reprimanded for not writing an email saying, okay, impact on a college on a culture, on an organizational culture, and like whether it's a written policy or an expected, an, un, an unwritten kind of uh, implicit type of policy. Um, I see that as a little bit odd, but I would love to hear your opinion on that. That is um, a really <laughs> <laughs> interesting in the true Midwestern sense um, um, type of situation, uh, because even the idea of unwritten policy, right, goes against the bad look. Yeah, yeah right. the, the idea of policy is that this right. is something that is written down um, and it is it is clear, it is available, it is transparent, it is easily understood. Uh, and there are people who are like, well, that's do you know how many policies aren't easily understood? Yeah, yep, I, I do. As an attorney, I promise you, I understand that there are plenty of rules and regs and things that, that are, not, um, are not easily understood. Uh, and I think one thing to keep in mind is like how realistic is it? How reasonable is it? Does it make sense? And is it efficient? And it sounds like that policy um, is not reasonable. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't to say the least. Right? I'm not somebody. Yeah, I guess I'm or not even that expectation. Right? Just like, expect that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and particularly the idea of it being unwritten. So there's an unwritten expectation. So then where is it that this expectation is formally communicated so that somebody knows there is an expectation out there of me to do this thing and then I can deliver on it? Because if I don't know, then I can't deliver on it. Right. Absolutely. Right. And so, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're aligned on that, but uh, you know, and I knew we would be, but I just thought <laughs> I threw it out there because I thought it was like a, a little bit of a, okay, yes, let's exchange emails to have for the sake of exchanging emails almost. Right. And, and I'm glad that the exchange happened via email. Right. Cause I think of, okay, well, how much of this do we, 
is captured somewhere so that if we need to reference it, we can. And there it is in email. So I, I wouldn't expect that like an additional confirmation, it's like confirming the confirmation. Um, yeah, yeah, would, exactly. Right. Would be necessary. Right. A lot of confirmation happening. Uh, so as we get, you know, near, nearing the end of, of today's episode, and again, we could probably go on for hours and hours of so many great questions and conversations. Um, what advice would you give to HR leaders, company execs, some of the decision makers out there that when they're creating policies, how do they do so, so that they have a positive impact on the organization? Sure. Um, that they ensure that they pull in the people who are doing the work that's connected to those policies. If, if I have a, a team that I'm working with um, or a, a leader who I'm, I'm working under and I am doing the work day in and day out, as either team leader or the leader of whatever team I'm on, like somebody has to know what the hangups are, what are the hardships, what are the challenges, what is easy flowing, what, what's working well. Uh, because if someone someplace else in the organization is making a policy that applies to the work that I do and they don't know the work that I do, not only am I would I be concerned and maybe not have buy-in to that, that policy update? But then I'm also wondering, like, is there value placed on my own opinion as the person who is doing the work and can give really detailed, integral insight for that, um, for that process that's associated? So big, big suggestion is, like, include your people in the process um, and... Uh, lean on your subject matter experts to give you details around the nuances with the work that they're doing. Yes, I absolutely love that, Anna. That is amazing. I think that is um, pull the people in that are going to have an in, that are going to be um, involved in. The po- that are going to have an impact from the policies that are being put into place. Yes, I love that. Um, so quick question before we go to uh, the last segment of our show, which is the, the parable that, that David shares. And this is a curveball, so I hope you're ready. <laughs> Catcher's mitt, prepped. Totally rando, right? So peanut M&M's? Or plain M&M's? Peanut, all the way. Hmm. Uh, see, I knew we were vibing. How's that even I a knew, question? I, How's that I, even a question, man? Look, you know, <laughs> I thought it was a real curveball. The peanut allergy in the ether, you got to make sure. So, like, when you meet someone cool like Anna, it's got to be full alignment. And so, <laughs> the peanut M&M game is on point. So That's it. That's, that's it. That's all. There's no ifs or right. buts about that one. I love it. I love it. All right, David. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm over to you, my man. I, I, I think the bigger question with with the peanut M&Ms is: Do you go through like a color pattern when you eat them, or do you eat by color, or is it just random? That's Dude, the bigger I, question there. Why? I, I don't discriminate. <laughs> that I just, is I a, a good question. And just go to town, right? You just brought a different awareness <laughs> to something that I may or may not engage in. <laughs> oh, 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 I love there we it. go. Goodness. <laughs> Excellent. Love that. So it's that time, uh, you know, finding a parable that, that's aligned with this conversation is not always easy. 
but I think I may have found something that um, that may may connect in some way. So uh, it, it's more about looking at how certain groups can be targeted and how we weaken, you know, by targeting certain individuals, we can weaken uh, the whole group, you know, and the members as a, as a, a whole. So uh, bear with me, there'll be a connection, hopefully. Hopefully you guys out there that are listening make a connection. And, you know, when I'm done, I want to hear uh, Anna, how, how you may interpret it. And uh, Jared, as always, I love your insights following my little stories here. So this one is uh, called The Belly and the Members. It's a bit, a little longer this week, so bear with me here. So one day, the various parts of the human body, including the brain, the arms, the legs, the eyes, feet, hands, and lungs, got together to discuss the body's belly and what they thought about its contribution to the group efforts on behalf of the body. The body parts were all unhappy and resentful for various reasons and chose to target their collective anxieties at the belly in a rather bullying way. The unhappy body parts decided that the belly was not doing enough towards maintaining the body's operations and accused the belly of spending its time lazily consuming food and allowing other members to do all the work. We have decided that we will no longer do what we need to do in order to feed you, they said to the belly, because you do nothing to help us and you are lazy and unproductive. And they stopped feeding the belly. The belly soon starved, but then so did the body and all of its parts starved too. The unhappy body parts now realized too late, unfortunately, to save themselves and the body that although, although the belly seemed to be doing nothing, it had in fact been fulfilling a vital function necessary for the well-being of the body and all of its parts. What are your thoughts? What, what, do, you, what do you take away from that, Anna? What do you take away from that, Jared? that there are times that we as individuals are receiving help or support in ways that we may not always be fully conscious of. And so to honor and lean into gratitude for the small things. Um, a theme that I've been living with the last couple of months is intentionality. And so being intentional around gratitude has also been something that it's like, let me be thankful for, for the small things, especially here in the U S you know, we, we move towards um, the holiday season and, and thinking of this, you know, these ideas of, of gratitude as we approach the end of the month. Excellent. Jared. Yeah, this one, this one is really good. Uh, well, all of them are, right? But this one, um, it really is in line with today's conversation when we talk about the organization, but also having to have input from the employees to provide a full encompass scope of, of policies and organizational culture. So I look at this uh, relating back to, to that conversation. So the belly would be, um, in, in my eyes, the belly would be more symbolic of the employees and all of the pieces would be symbolic of the organization. Left to their own accord, they really can't get much done, right? But when they come together and they figure out how to work, 
man, that's really where magic happens. So I, um, yeah, as always, man, love it. Yeah. And that's, and that's my takeaway too, is like, you know, you may not always have, you may have a, a group member or a, a colleague who's not out there, rah, 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 look at me, I'm doing all this work, but behind the scenes, they're working their, their keister off to make sure everything does function. Right. And if they're not included, if they're targeted as opposed to included into things like policies and, 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 and the like and, and participation within the organization, the, the organization could fail because you didn't, you know, include that vital person, even though that vital person isn't front and center, isn't the superstar of the group. Um, so that's, that's what I see there. And, and, and hey, there's always a good, always a good story at the end, right? And uh, so as we conclude, uh, any final words, Anna? Any final words, Jared, before we close out this week's episode? Yeah, absolutely. So Anna, you already know, I, I think you're super brilliant. I love chatting with you whenever I get an opportunity to cut up with you. Can you let our listeners know how, if they want to contact you, what's the best way to get in reach, reach of you? Where can they find your content? All that good stuff. Sure. Um, I've got my website. They can certainly find me on um, LinkedIn uh, and other social media avenues. Um, Website is www.amassociates.co. And I am on LinkedIn, Anna Mazig, A-N-N-A-M-A-Z as in zebra, I-G as in George. And that's Z for all of us up here in Canada. (laughs) So, and with that again, thank you, Anna. What a, what a great episode. A lot of fun, a lot of insight, so many uh, great little uh, nuggets of knowledge to share, to get companies who are listening, to get individuals who are listening to go back to their workplaces and say, hey, let's, let's do this together and uh, let's uh, everybody be part of policies so that we can have uh, inclusivity and uh, ensure that we have you know, positive organizational culture. So with that, we say thank you, and thank you to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can always send us feedback. Reach out to us uh, via our Instagram, uh, positive underscore directions underscore podcast, uh, or by email at positive directions podcast at gmail.com. And so as we end today, I tell you to go out there, make some good changes in your organization for the better, and keep moving in a positive direction.